You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully, everybody had a great weekend if you took part in the shed rally that happened this weekend hopefully you guys uh found some decent bone uh, found a bone uh, found any type of antlers you know that's a success maybe you got out with your kids maybe you took someone out who has never been shed hunting before it uh it's kind of a good introduction into the um you know to get somebody outside but uh I did not take part in the shed rally just because we combed over a majority of the properties that I hunt the previous uh, shed hunt the previous weekends. So, um, and then I had a lot going on this past uh, or this this weekend as well. So, um, I cleaned my garage out. I organized all of my uh, hunting gear and equipment. Took all the batteries out of my trail cameras. Um, kind of wipe some stuff down organized uh, I actually found an old mountain house meal that hadn't expired yet so I cooked it and I ate it uh, in my garage with my uh, uh, my gas and my uh, my backpacking stove and uh, I had Mexican chicken and rice and it was very delicious and what else so the garage is clean that's about it. Kind of a laid back weekend. I needed it. I, I needed to get my garage cleaned and some stuff organized. And uh, now I am ready for turkey season. Um, but one thing that happens before turkey hunting season starts is I like to grow a garden every year. And um, this year I'm taking my daughter to uh, the seat, you know, where we buy our seed 
and uh, I'm going to be letting her pick out the vegetables that she that we want to grow, and she's going to be helping me take part in uh, growing the garden this year. You know, weeding it, watering it, um, and uh, giving her a little bit of responsibility as far you know something simple as far as the garden's concerned. Other than that, um, today's podcast is going to be a good one. Um, we have a second timer on the show. His name's Scott Clark. He's, he's been on before. He's from Canada, and um, he's kind of a he's a gear guy, and he likes to buy a lot of gear every year and use it. So he's kind of a good guy to have on the show. Um, today we talk about Kuyu. We talk about some tree stands uh, from Hawk. And then I forget right off the bat what else uh, what else we talk about, but uh, we talk about a lot of uh, you know a lot of different things, and uh, it's a good time. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this product review podcast. But um, before we get into this product review podcast, uh, I want to kind of talk a little bit about Exodus trail cameras, and. Um, what I want to talk about is their five-year theft and accidental damage replacement policy. And uh, I'm on their website right now. I'm just looking at it. So if you get the opportunity, go to exodusoutdoorgear.com, um, hover over support, and then you know you uh, it should pop up a little window that says five-year warranty, five-year theft policy. And what we have here is it's kind of something that not a lot of other trail camera companies are doing and whether it's a damaged camera or it's a stolen camera. Um, for example, if a, a, a camera is damaged, all you have to do is send a picture of the trail camera that, you know, you broke and they will send you by email a 50% off discount code. And then all you have to do is use that code and go buy a new camera. Um, also a stolen trail camera, uh, someone steals your trail camera, what you can do is you call them up, you let them know, hey, I'm in southeast Iowa, I had my trail camera stolen, they are going to send you a 50% off discount code to use when you buy a new trail camera. So that's something that a lot of companies are not doing and um, you know, there's a lot of other information about their company and their trail cameras on ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Be sure to go check that out. And while you're there and you do decide to purchase a trail camera, use the code Nine Fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive twenty dollars off of your purchase. There's that. Now let's get into today's product review podcast with Scott Clark from Canada. Scott Clark, you're from Canada and this is your second time on the show, right? Uh, yep, absolutely. All right. So anything cool or interesting happening in Canada since the last time I talked to you? Uh, as of right now, nothing. Deer season's over. There's nothing else going on. It's just kind of trying to get out and find some sheds. And, I, and I'm the world's worst shed hunter, so... Well, it's a, it's a struggle. Plus you're in Canada. So I take it there's about 42 feet of snow on the ground. Yeah, actually, no, it's been, <laughs> we've had an incredibly mild winter. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. It, today it's freezing. It's, uh, I think it's minus 15 or something Celsius with the wind chill. Uh, but a month ago it was like plus 10. Oh, wow. So we've had a, we've had a very, very mild winter. So good deal. 
Yep. Well, the last time you were on the podcast, you did a product review, right? Yep. Okay. Um, I forget. I didn't look back, and I forget what you actually reviewed. But today, you're on again for another product review um, for some products that you used this past season, and uh, we're going to talk about some that you like, some that you uh, some some that you didn't like, and um, uh, before we get started just to follow up how did your 2016 season go um well it depends on your definition of success i'd say it was it was a successful season i didn't manage to harvest a deer um but i had a few close encounters it was my year of missing um i decided to uh, go the traditional route after the end of last season so this oh, wow. is my first year yeah i carried a recurve all year um a lot of fun uh, definitely feel the uh, the effects of uh, shot distance. I had a couple of target bucks I was after just out of range, like 33 yards, and I just wasn't comfortable with that distance. I'm looking 20 yards or in. Um, uh, I did get out with my muzzle loader. Um, I did see one of my target bucks one evening, and I actually got two shots out with my muzzle loader and completely missed them. Ouch. <laughs> that was rather heartbreaking, yeah. Ouch. But he sur- but he's, he's still alive. He survived the season, so... Well, good. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, it was the second last day of the season. I decided I was going to try and fill my freezer with a doe, and I sh- took I let one arrow fly, and she ducked probably a foot and went right over her back, and that was inside of twenty yards. Man. So, so that was a little humbling. <laughs> well, hey, I've had seasons like that too, man. The good thing is, there's always next season. Um, but I do have a real quick question. Yep. Was there a time while you were in the stand with your traditional bow? that you're like, screw this, I want to get my compound back out? I, I, you know, it's funny you say that, because I I'd bought, because um, I'd sold all my stuff, and then in the fall, a friend of mine um, found a really good deal on a brand new Elite Impulse, and he said, you should buy it. And I went out and I shot it, and I said, this is a really nice bow, and I bought it. And I, and I outfitted it, and it was ready to go. And then come December, my buddies were like, hang up that stick and string and grab your compound and go shoot something. I went, you know what? I I just don't want to. It's right. it's not, you know, it's it's not what it's about. So, you know, I burn my tag. But, you know, there's always there's always I got a bear hunt coming up in a couple months. So, we'll see how that goes with the uh, traditional gear. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, definitely keep us posted on uh, whether or not you you were you know you killed something. But yep, for today. Sure. We're going to talk products again, and you sent me like a list of 10 or 15 different products that you said you would feel comfortable reviewing after this year, and I want to talk a little bit. The first product that I'm intrigued about is the XOP Sticks, um, and for those of you guys who don't know, um, there's Lone Wolf and there's XOP, and they're different companies, but they're using this for the most part. They're kind of the same product. They're using the um, same patent, I guess. I I think anyway. Yes. Well, it's Andre DeQuisto yep. started his own company. Yeah. Yep. So he was the he was the founder of Lone Wolf. Then he sold parts of Lone Wolf, and then he, you know, a couple years or after there was a non compete agreement. I think this is how it works. Then he started or. He, I don't know if he started it, but other people started it, and he's kind of a figurehead. He does, he has something to do with it in some way, yeah, shape, or form. Because his son's involved in it too. I think. Yeah. I think the. I think it was the patents might have expired on. There's certain things Lone Wolf had. Yep. I think that was part of it too. So. Yep. 
So then there's this company called XOP, and, and it's uh, um, it, it's similar to a, a lone wolf. And you this year you used the XOP sticks, right? Yep. All right. So talk to me a little bit about uh, those XOP sticks. Um, basically, they're uh, again they're a climbing stick. Uh, you can buy them in sets of I think three, fours, and singles. Um, I, I bought a four set. Uh, it's 32 inches long. Um, they weigh two and a half pounds each, and they uh, overall the, the biggest difference I found between them and, and the lone wolves um, was the actual footrest you step on right. is longer and it's arched. Um, so I'm I'm not a huge fan of heights. So when it comes to doing running guns, which I did about 95 percent of the time this year, um, or 90 percent. Uh, the XOP, they're just much more comfortable climbing a tree, especially in the dark, because you had such a bigger foothold when you step down on the stick, on the step, I mean. And on top of that, being curved, being arched the way it is, it, it just forces your foot to stay in the center of the step. Whereas I had in the past with the, the lone wolf, smaller smaller steps, my foot would actually slip off sometimes, especially if they're wet. So right. um, that was one of the that was one of the first things I noticed. Um, the, the actual strap that comes on the XOPs, I was not a fan of. Um, it seemed, uh, it seems, I guess, slippery would be the best best way to describe it versus the Lomo straps. Um, so I swapped out uh, the XOP straps with a set of Lomo straps I had. Okay. Um, they use the same style of a Versa button. I figured what exactly they, their term for it is, though. Um, it's the same cinching me- method under the tree. Um, the V bracket that goes against the tree, though, it's it's different. It's about an inch uh, longer, so it keeps you further away from the tree when you're trying to climb up. So you're not, you're, again, your toe isn't going to hit the bark of the tree as you're climbing the tree. Right. Um, they did come with a mossy oak um, finish, camouflage finish on them, which I thought was junk because I actually noticed after just banging them around in the back of my truck, it would start to flake off a bit. So I would say that's kind of a minus. They're not... I mean, why why have camouflage on it to begin with? Just have it black or or gray or right. Yeah. Okay. So with those XOP uh, sticks, you know, you mentioned something about the straps being slippery. Was it when you went to go step on the step itself, it's it would slide down the tree? That kind of slippery, or just yeah, the touch in the feel? No, just more of a touch in the feel, actually. It was more like just when you feel it goes, geez, that, it really felt like the, the same material they use on seatbelts. Okay. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it feels, just feels slippery versus the, uh, the Lone Wolf straps have more of a textured feel to their straps. So I never had one of them slide. I never had one climbing up when I was using the initial one. I never had them slip, so. Right. That was more of a mental thing, I suppose. Okay. Um. The other big thing I really liked about them was uh, stacking together. Right. They have like a little bracket, and they literally nest together, and you flip the, the step from the side, you flip it up, and that locks it in place. So you can lock all the steps in place. You can shake them up and down. They're not going to make a noise, and they don't come apart. Um, I had a hell of a time with my lone wolves in the past, but they were trying to stack them together and like trying to get them together to stay together. They would pop off. I mean, I had the... The uh, silent suede or whatever wrapped around it was probably part of the problem, but or stealth strips, I should say, was what was on them. But the right. XOPs, when you stack them together and nest them together, they don't move. So it's it's pretty tight. It's very tight, yeah. and you don't need a yeah. strap to hold them together. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. So as far as I mean, you used lone wolf sticks in the past. Is is there 
And I know you said you had some of that suede on there as well. But let's say you didn't put the suede on any of these. Do you th- feel that any of those sticks would be louder or quieter than the other? No, I no, I wouldn't say there would be. Okay, so roughly the same. They're the same. Yeah. The the only like I said, I when I started using them, I immediately fell in love with the fact you're further away from the tree. It's a bigger foothold for your for your foot to physically go on. Um, and I and I swore they were the actual peas were longer than the lone wolves. Okay. Um, according to just checking, just double checking my numbers, they're not. But I swear, if I go home and measure them, I, that the the actual peas are uh, two inches longer. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't had I mean, the opportunity to look at that yet. I actually swore I stopped using um, to get to the height I wanted to get to, which is around like fourteen, fifteen feet. Uh, shooting a recurve, I don't want to go really high. Yeah. Um, three sticks was lots. That's all I needed. Okay. So how tall are you? Uh, six foot. Six foot. So you're six foot, and, and three sticks can get you. Uh, to about 14, 15 feet? Yeah, yeah. Quite easily or? Yeah, fairly easily. And again, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of height, so I'm not a guy who's putting like a three, four foot gap in between the sticks. Right, right. So. I know that there's sometimes when I put up my lone wolf sticks, um, I have to almost do a pull up on, yeah. on there because I'm, I'm trying to get as high as possible while if the tree's really crooked or something like that, uh, I don't need to... I, I don't need to really do that as much, but um, so, now I'm just quite curious. When you're doing that, are you are you wearing a lineman's belt at the same time or no? Well, t- typically yes, because I'm setting the stand up, but um, it's kind of hard to take a big jump like that with a lineman with a lineman's belt with yeah. a lineman's belt all the way up. So what I'll do is I'll put a, a lot of slack in my lineman's belt um, and just try to. You know, try to th- have it out away while I'm doing a one arm pull up and put pulling and pushing with my leg on the other one, and that typically works. Um, but there are times where you know, I if there's a big branch on the other side, I have yeah. to disconnect, and I'll I'll take my safety harness and I'll hook it to the actual step. So if I fall, the safety the the stick's gonna catch me. Catch you, yeah, for sure. But you know, I don't know if that's recommend. I'm pretty sure that's not recommended. Probably but, not. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, your Lyman's belt you run, is it, uh, is it like a factory one you've bought? or? I got it. it it's one of the lone wolf ones that is has it? the padding. So, let me give you this, um, just something I found this year, and um, it's from uh, Jason Sankoviak's Traditional Bow Hunter and Wilderness Podcast. Okay. He, yeah, I'm, I, I love D, D, uh, DIY projects, like customizing things. Right. He makes his own lineman's belt um, and you buys rock and uh, rock climbing gear. Yep. And it's it's amazing. Um, you buy some uh, static rope. I think it's like 11 mil static rope, which is more than sufficient to support your own body weight. You buy a rock climbing ascender. You buy a couple rock climbing carabiners. That whole setup, I guarantee you, weighs probably less than your carabiner alone than than the factory ones that come from Lone Wolf and Hunter yeah. Safety. Yeah, the the weight savings are amazing, and I if if you ever use a lineman's belt that's built like that, like I I wouldn't even look at any of the other stuff I have. Right, like, I I just need to t- uh, take the jump and go do that. That's yeah. I, I've never done it because it takes time to do, 
and I already yeah. have something that works, but I, I get the, the weight savings of it. I, de- I, and it's just something that I need to go do because I've yeah, been thinking about getting, uh, one of those, uh, harnesses. That's also kind of a tree saddle as well. So yeah. if you do decide to stand up, you can lean away from the tree and it's not so much pressure on your legs. Yeah, no, for sure. And and again, you if you go and do it, I mean, even the rope itself, like those ropes that come with muscle safety harnesses, they'll absorb water like crazy, right? Right. Because they're not a they're not a static rope, whereas that stuff won't, because there's no stretch, there's no give to it. Okay. Um, and it won't absorb. Like you can hunt in the rain, and your rope doesn't get soggy and wet. And like I I use that as my lineman's belt, and then it turns into my my tether when I get to the top. Right. So I only sure. use one rope, and it's it works amazing. But yeah, the uh, and the rock, like I said, rock climbing carabiners are so much nice. They're so light, and yet they're so strong. Right, for sure. Yeah. So right, um, back on topic. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's good, man. That's a that's what I like. But uh, um, as far as the XOP sticks are concerned, is there anything other than that slick uh, strap that uh, you weren't a big fan of? Um, again, just just the uh, well, two things. One is the finish. I said I don't understand why I do camouflage. Yeah. Uh, paint or whatever, which I'm going to have to repaint. The, I'll just repaint them. But the, the actual steps themselves, um, they have a really, really gnarly teeth on them. Uh, you don't want to use, I, like I found, I wouldn't want to use bare hands climbing using them. Oh, really? Um, that aggressive? Yeah, they, yeah they, they seem like if you put any kind of serious pressure on your hands, you definitely feel it digging into your skin. So I actually I use a set of uh, thin like uh, work gloves um, just for that, just to make sure I didn't tear my hand up climbing up using them. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so as far as the, if you're going to compare the XOP sticks to the lone wolf sticks, is there, you know, would you purchase one over the other? Um, yeah, I mean, the, again, the XOPs were cheaper. Um, now much? I think they're, uh, it was like 40 bucks, I think, okay. for a set. Yeah. But now you look online, they're price line the same. They're both 200 bucks okay. U.S. Um but they, like initially, the XOPs were cheaper. I swear they were bigger. But I see you can actually buy um, replacement steps. So I'm actually thinking I might pull the, the steps or buy a set of replacement steps and put them on my lone wolf stick and just see how that see how it works. See if it fits. Um, yeah, because they, like they are, and again, they showed it on they showed it being the same weight. But I swear the lone wolves are, are at least a pound for the set of four or lighter. So, I mean, because you put them on your back, you do notice the weight. I mean, I took the weight for the for the size gain. That's what that's what's, you know, again, if you, if you use three sticks versus four, why not, right? Right, for sure. For yeah. sure. All and right. when they dug into the tree, like the, the teeth that they have on them, when they dig into the tree, they really bite in. The the XOPs actually, do? Yeah, the XOPs, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you would prefer, you'd prefer the XOPs over the lone wolves? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. So let's see here. Um, the next product that I want to talk about is something that I, I, that you mentioned you did not have a very good, um, I guess, uh, relationship with, and that was the Hawk tree stands and sticks. Why don't you, uh, talk to us a little bit about, well, first of all, why did you decide to purchase a hawk tree stand in sticks and then kind of go into um, why they disappointed you. Uh, so I, I just, 
I read about Hawk. I saw they're a new company. I think they're made in Michigan. Um, and I, I checked them out in person. They seem to be they seem to be pretty nice style tree stands. Uh, the, they have like a they had a kind of a cool rock fleck camo pattern on them or whatever they they painted them. Um, and overall, and again for the price, they seem like a really decent tree stand. Right. Um, so I purchased the one was the Combat, which is a, a smaller tree stand, and then there's the Kickback. So the Kickback is similar to like the with the Millennial or Millennium style seat, a big uh, lounge seat. More comfortable. So I figured that, yeah, much yeah, much more comfortable. I figured that'd be perfect for longer sits. And uh, yeah, overall, um, they both they both disappointed in the exact same way. The the mounting system to the tree. So I go to install them. And they have this, and I hate this, the seatbelt style strap that goes around the tree. Um, I find I can never feel like I get them tight enough. And I mean, I was reefing on it. And, and then you go to step on the thing and the whole stand slides. It's like, come on, like, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel safe. Um, even when you tip it up, like as you follow their directions online, you tip it up and you pull down on the stand to try and, uh, um, like kind of force it into place and then pull the base out. Um, it should be kind of called cam locking it. Right. Even that I found it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel, I, I wasn't comfortable in them. Right. Um, what was the name of the yeah. stand that you actually got? Uh, one is the combat. One's the Hawk combat. Okay. And the other one is the Hawk kickback. The kickback. All right. All right. So, and I, gosh, I'm not familiar with this particular one, but is this one where you have to put like a device on the tree before you hang the stand or not? No, no. no. Okay. That's their, yeah. That's their mobile system. Gotcha. Um, All right. So, um, when you actually got, so first off hanging the stand was a son of a bitch, right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the it's the seatbelt. They have um, hooks around it, and then you throw the the ratchet strap or the, not ratchet strap, sorry, the seatbelt around, hook it in place, and you're supposed to pull it tight, and then you're supposed to lift the base up, and then slide the whole thing down and have it kind of just cam lock it against the tree. Um, I didn't find the teeth for their bracket dug in that well, yeah. and then especially at the bottom when I when I pulled it out, and I literally stepped on the ones I stepped on the uh, the combat, and the actual whole stand slid out to one it out on me right and i very quickly went back onto the climbing sticks and tried to readjust everything i ended up um not sitting it until i threw a ratchet strap around as a backup right so yeah. you would not feel comfortable with what they send you in the factory no i didn't i just no okay there's one strap that goes around the tree and that's it okay so next question is for for me was this a run-and-gun tree stand that you were trying to use it for run-and-guns, or was this a, a more of a permanent stand for you? You could, you could use it for run-and-guns. I mean, it comes with shoulder with uh, backpack straps on the platform. It's not it, The combat's a 16-pound stand, so it's fairly light for a steel stand. Um, and you could use it as a run-and-gun. I was just hanging it to have it set in a, in a specific spot. Okay. So did that stand, I'm looking, I'm looking at it uh, right now online, to me, I, I see that stand and I say it can only be used for perfectly straight trees. Uh, can it be used for crooked trees at all? If you know, uh, platform straight y- level? Yeah, no, no. No. I, okay. I wouldn't put it on a crooked tree, no. Okay. Because there's no way of adjusting the platform, so. Oh, so there is no platform adjustment on this tree stand? No, I, don't, I didn't think there was. Okay. 
Um, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at pictures right now, but uh, you would think that that they would have to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think the platform. No, it just bolts in place. Okay. Nope. So there, there is no. Uh, no, it's not like you know, Lone Wolf has their slide that slides it up and down. You can adjust the angle of the platform. Yeah. That doesn't have that. Okay. No. All right. Um, so, I mean, I don't want I don't want to get too much into it if you're just going to tell me it's crap the whole time. It sounds. To <laughs> well, me like... it, I'm not saying it. It it, it. it was. It's built. Like my biggest issue was the was the mounting the way it mounted to the tree. Right. Um, would I buy it again? No, I wouldn't. I, I don't like that. I'd rather have, I threw a rat, the only, like I said, the only way I felt comfortable sitting in that stand was taking a, a ratchet strap and using that on top of the seatbelt strap that comes with it. All right. And that was the combat, but, right? That's the combat, yeah. And then you had the kickback. Was that? The kick the kickback hang on, yep. Hang on. Okay. And it wasn't the XL. It was the one with the chair seat, right? You got yeah, one with the chair seat. It's okay. not the, um, they have an aluminum version. I didn't buy the aluminum version. Gotcha. So right off the bat, I look at that seat and I think, man, I wish my lone wolf's had seats like that. Was, yeah, it, I mean, was it comfortable to sit in? It, it was crazy comfortable. Um, but <laughs> it was also slippery. Okay. Uh, so I sat down and, and I was wearing, uh, uh, my fanatic light bibs. Literally you, you, you could, take your feet up and kind of move around, you could slide back and forth on the seat. Uh, it could have just been the material of, of the mesh seat with the material of those, because those fanatic lights are kind of slippery to begin with. Yeah. But I sat down and kind of went, oh, and you feel yourself slide a little bit. I mean, it's got a footrest, which was nice too, but, um, yeah, again, it, it, it was the, the mounting uh, when I went to install it. And plus, that thing's heavy. It's uh, 22 pounds. Right. So you're trying to safely hang that and... and have it make sure it doesn't move plus it's got a big platform uh so if, if you're going in for a permanent setup it's a good stand for that um but again i would throw a ratchet strap around it i don't like stands that have a single strap to hold you in place because if you shift your weight one way or another you know the base could slide out from underneath you right okay yeah. um so it, the seat's comfortable but it's slippery did it was it loud was the seat loud when you were kind of shifting in it no, no, because no, okay. it's, uh, it's like a mesh cloth. Uh, and you could flip it up, and it's, it was really quiet when you're flipping it up. Um, going back to that combat, those big, thick cushion seats that look like they're really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not comfortable. <laughs> not, no. What, what makes them uncomfortable? <laughs> um, they're just, they're not, you expect it to be like a memory foam, and it's, it's really not. It's just a big chunk of foam. It's got a little bit of give to it, but it's not. You know, again, it's you're sitting on a hunk of foam on a piece of metal up in a tree. I mean, it's not. I don't know how comfortable you expect it to be, but it they make them look really, really comfortable, and they're and it's just not. Okay, I gotcha. So, just to reiterate here, these hawk stands were. You know that the combat was not comfortable to sit in, and it was hard to. It was difficult to set up the. The kickback hang on was comfortable to sit in and was also difficult to to set yeah. up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And you, and you I, did not feel comfortable in those stands unless you had a like a strap on, right? Yeah. Another okay. another strap around them. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, between the two of them, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one and it's gonna be permanent setup, go with the kickback just because the platform's big, um, and it's got the it has a comfortable lounge chair. 
and the and the tree has to be straight too, right? Yeah, again, yeah, the tree has to be straight. You can't gotcha. mess around with any weird shaped trees with that stand. Gotcha. All right. Um, but I mean, it's it's a beast, though. Like I said, you, you, that's not a running gun <laughs> stand right. at all. Okay. Um, and then, did you purchase some of the Hawk uh, helium sticks too? Yep. And yep. was that uh, more of the same? This was same? also before. Well, this was before I bought the XOPs. Okay. So let me just clarify that. I, I, I ran the Lomos the last couple of years. Um, when I saw the Hawk sticks, I liked the idea of them um, with the double-sided uh, steps. So I purchased them. Um, they come three in a pack. Uh, how big are they? They're, they're only 30 inches long, so they're shorter than the XOPs. Um, the step width is only 10 inches, which is the, uh, the XOPs are 15 inches. So they have smaller steps, um, and they weigh 2.8 pounds each. So they actually weigh a little bit more than the XOP sticks. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So on this particular, uh, did you, did you feel comfortable strapping this stick to the tree and climbing on it like the, the stands, or did you have to put an additional strap on these as well? No, I use I use the factory strap that came with them. Um, again, I I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, it's it's not the it's it's just not I don't know I, when I put them on like they sat on fine. I had one slip out uh, one time on me, um, but my biggest problem with these was as you're climbing up, if any piece of your clothing grabs it, those ste- those steps will flip up way gotcha. too easily, and. Um, and I had that when I was climbing up. I didn't realize that a couple of the steps had slipped up. And then when I go to climb down, I'm like, where's the step? I'm like, oh, it's, it's put itself, it's nested itself away. I mean, that's, that's handy for traveling because um, right. then you nest them all together. Um, they come with, they sit together, actually they sit together really nicely because they have a V uh, bracket similar to the lone wolf design. Yep. But they need a bungee cord to stick together, which they provide you with. Okay. Um, and when they come, this this blew my mind. The the buckle when they come is bright gold. <laughs> Helping the package, I'm like, what are you serious? Like it's a shiny gold buckle. So, so you feel that the on the strap, it's not. It it could be too reflective or stick out yeah, kind of like a sore thumb. Big time, yeah. Okay. Big time. I I painted them. I spray painted them all black and gray and brown and. To, to make them a little less obvious when they're on a tree. Gotcha. So on while you're climbing up, this you know aside from some of these steps flipping up, did you feel comfortable and safe uh, climbing up that these sticks? Yeah, I they, yeah they were fine that way. Again, they're not. Um, they I bought them because they were cheaper too. They're gotcha. I think it was a hundred bucks for a three set. Um, and I actually bought two sets. Because I figured that 30 inches, I would need at least I would need at least four. Um, I ended up using five on on the one setup to hang a stand. But um, yeah, I mean, I felt comfortable climbing with them. Um, but it, when you when you're knocking the steps up, yeah, when it comes time to climb down, especially in the dark, it's like okay, I, that that was a little unnerving. You go to step down, you're like where's my where's my step? And you're right. looking back and go okay. Right. So did you have did you feel that I mean yes they were comfortable but Comparing them to the XOP sticks, now, my question is, did you buy the XOP sticks because you did not like these sticks? Yeah, no, that's okay. exactly why I bought them, yeah. Okay, so 
I've read a couple reviews online and I have seen um, pictures of some of the steps bending all the way down and the the entire the entire stick itself having some kind of bend or give to it. Did you witness anything like that? I, I didn't use them enough then okay. to have something like that happen. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm like 255, 260. Um, but I literally, for the handful of times I use them, I sure hope that wouldn't happen that quick. But Right. Yeah. Okay. So now what are they, just sitting in your garage or did you sell them? Um, they're, they're, they're being sold. Okay. <laughs> They'd be sold right now if they weren't still on a tree. <laughs> right. Okay. So you're going to, you're getting rid of them. Yeah. Actually, I've got, I've already got rid of the, the, the stands too. So. Right. So just overall, um, about, you know, talking about the sticks first, you felt comfortable with climbing with them. What did it take longer to set them up? What were the negative things about them that made you go, screw it. I'm just going to, I'm going to splurge and get a pair of XOPs. Yeah. They, they didn't set up as easily as, um, they didn't set up as easily as a, as the lone wolf sticks I've been used to. Um, like pulling both steps out, um, again, needing more, I felt I needed one more, uh, stick versus Lomos, especially versus the XOPs. Um, I didn't care for the, the strap system again, how it went around the tree, how it was supposed to, like, it's the same idea as the Lomos, but again, it didn't feel like it tightened all that well. And then I said, as you're stepping up, like having to worry about knocking the steps up, um, and they're, again, they're smaller steps. So I step on them, I'm like, my boots cover the entire step, so. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, I take it this is a, I'm not going to recommend this? Yeah, no. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't recommend those, no. Okay. Have you played around with any other Hawk products? No, no, just these, uh, just those sticks and the two stands. Right, okay. I just, yeah. you know, trying to say, okay, well, we've talked shit about three of their products. I don't, <laughs> maybe we can find well, I, a silver lining, but. Yeah, I mean, again, they're, they're, um, the kickback is, it's a, it was a comfortable stand. Yeah. Um, I just, he said like one strap around the stand. I, for even Lone Wolf has two straps on their stands when yeah. you, when you hang them up, right? Uh, I think they come with them now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, so. hey, if uh, they don't fit your needs, they don't fit your needs. So, um, all right. So let me pull up what's next here. Um, I believe, what was the other thing we said we were going to talk about? Oh, geez. Um, I got it. I got it right here. Oh, the Kuyu stuff. Um, you know, I I think on last, the last time we talked, you mentioned you were going to start, uh, you were going to invest in some Kuyu stuff. And (laughs) (laughs) specifically the rain gear and some of the Merino, uh, wool stuff. Um, did you end up going through and purchasing any of that stuff? Yeah, actually I bought, um, I, it's funny. I bought a bunch of their guide series. Um, I hadn't bought their Merino wool or their, or the rain gear. I used it on a bear hunt last spring. Um, and I learned very quickly that Kuyu's, outer layers their guide series and that are not really designed for static hunting <laughs> more for movement <laughs> yeah very much so as you're moving around you're warm if you're sitting still without a really good base layer yeah it was yeah i froze um so i actually sold a bunch of it um and then the fall and then that was in the springtime so then in the fall i went ahead and bought 
looked at their merino base layer, said, you know what, I'm going to try this. So I bought some merino base layers, um, a couple different setups. Uh, I actually picked it up for the Black Friday sale, so I picked it up in November. Gotcha. Um, and on top of that, I bought their uh, Chugach uh, rain jacket and pants. Okay. So you got rid of the outer layers because it didn't fit your style of hunting. Uh, it didn't, no. Tree stand hunting. And, well, I think to be, you know, for everybody who's listening to you is they're, they're an active style hunter. I don't think they have an official white tail line, do they? No, he, he, right. even Jason had a, he had a webinar or whatever. And he, he, someone asked that, when are you going to come out? He said, we're not, he said, we're not, we don't do white tail specific clothing. We're, we're not, he said, we're not coming out with that. Right. Okay. So, cool. yeah. All right. So you did, but you did go back and you bought some rain gear and uh, some wool. Um, why did you decide to go back to Kuyu after, you know, I guess well, not using the functionality uh, properly with, you know, the static hunting that you did with their outer stuff? Yeah, I I've been, I bought some, I'd had some merino wool, um, some kind of knockoff brands, um, no-name brand merino wools, and I was wearing them through the season and found, geez, these are, they're actually amazingly warm i also right. uh, purchased another brand too but um i ended up um deciding you know what if i spent some serious money on a on a good set of merino wool um you know it might be worth the investment so i figured i'd buy a few items and um sure enough i mean the the kuyu merino wool was amazingly warm yeah um yeah right. so the, the uh investing in a, in a higher quality merino wool um was definitely worth it. Um, it's amazing how in the past I used to wear under, even under some of my warmer clothes, I would wear um, like the Under Armour uh, spandex coal gear. Um, and then I'd have a fleece layer over top of that to try and keep myself warm. Um, the Merino wool replaced all that, um, right. which is, it's, it's, it's still, it's amazing how such a thin layer can keep you so warm, especially when you're moving around and still keeps you dry. Um, so, I mean, when you're, when you're running gunning a lot and again, I'm a big guy, so I mean, I'd sweat just walking in, yep. um, staying dry. It's, it's incredible. So I was, I purchased some of their, their different, I'm trying to remember the different weights I bought and, um, the stuff is really, really performed for me. I was really happy with it. So what specific product, wool product did you buy? Oh, geez. It says here, memory. uh, wool hoodie and shirts. Did you buy the uh, obviously the wool hoodie? I think that comes in one. That's the one forty five. But I this year I bought a Kuyu Merino base layer shirt only, uh, and that was the one forty five as well. Um, and th- that's what I bought. Uh, and yeah, definitely. It was the um, I purchased the, just the yeah one forty five hoodie. Yeah, hoodie. sorry, the two ten hoodie. The two ten hoodie. Okay. Two ten hoodie. Yep. Okay, um, and for early, like early season, was that too warm for you, or was it just the right amount? Well, I didn't wear. I, I didn't get that until November. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't wear it until the end of the season or towards the end of the season. Um, and again, I found it. It was I, I could wear it. I would wear it all by itself, walking in right. with like my outer layer jacket strapped to my back, and it was perfectly. I never got cold. So. Okay. So, uh, 
overall, you know, not necessarily from a KU standpoint, it sounds like merino wool uh, is a very effective piece of clothing that a lot of people kind of overlook. I went out and bought, after buying this, I also went out and bought uh, merino wool gloves, um, merino wool socks, and if you've ever wore merino wool underwear, like, <laughs> that's all you want to wear. I mean, it's expensive, but it's amazing. Right, right. Yeah. I, I don't have any merino wool like boxer briefs, but I do have. I did buy that Kuyu shirt, like I said, and yeah. whether and that's my first experience. So I just went straight to Kuyu. Um, I bought the merino wool uh, long sleeve shirt uh, just because it was way more. You know, it was way cheaper than uh, Sitka uh, for oh, the yeah. most part. It's not like I was really comparing anything. Um, I looked, I, you know, price is definitely a, de- a decision-making thing for me. But from a wool standpoint, put brand aside, I will never hunt without a wool base layer again. Like, I wore the, I didn't wear the wool bottoms because I didn't need them this year. But yeah. this upcoming year when I go to Colorado, I'm going to buy some light, some light wool uh, base layers. For, and I don't, you know, I don't know what, what brand I'm going to, Uh, buy yet but i'm definitely buying merino because that shit wicks sweat away and dries out faster than any other uh base layer that i've ever worn oh absolutely i mean it's it yeah it it shocked me how and again it's so much it's so much thinner than uh say under armors their cold gear series it's supposed to wick moisture away not even close like can't even compare them the merino just smokes it it's 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 such a versatile uh, uh piece of clothing Right. Or material, yeah. Right. So you're you're kind of hooked on wool as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, all all my socks now they're all all wool socks and yeah. Yeah. Wool is my wool is the base layer I wear now. Gotcha. All right. So then the next thing is the uh, rain gear. Did yeah, did you get a chance? Rain gear. Yeah. Did you get a chance to use it? I did. Yeah. We had. Um, I used it. Um, <laughs> it arrived just in time because we had a bunch of. Uh, a really rainy days in uh, in December, uh, late November, December when I got out, yep. and it performed like it was unreal. Right. Out, yeah. Sitting out in freezing rain, and I had on my two ten hoodie. Um, I actually had a, a Kuyu guide jacket on over top of that, and then I had my Chugach uh, rain jacket and Chugach rain pants on, and I stayed dry the entire time. I was up for about four and a half hours in the freezing rain. Right. So was this, was that rain gear, because I know they, they sell, Kuyu sells different brands, they do, yeah. different kinds of rain gear. Was this their, because they have a light, a mid, and a heavy, right? Yeah, they've got, uh, in the rain gear, they've got the Alaskan one, I think is their, their yeah, the Yukon rain gear. Then there's the Chugach, which is one I bought. There's the Ultra NX rain jacket, and then there's the Teton. So the Teton's the really, really light it's the cheapest one. Um, then there's the Ultra NX rain jacket. Um, and then there's the Chugach NX rain jacket. Gotcha. And the Chugach is the one I bought. Okay. All right. So there are times when I've used not any, any hunting-related um, rain gear in the past, and it – it's not very breathable. You almost feel like you're hot. You sweat. You sweat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is was this breathable at all? 
Yeah, it was. Um, that's one of the things I was, you don't expect it from rain gear. Um, but when I put it on, I was like, okay, now we're going to start. Even though it's cold out, I'm still going to get really warm. Yeah. And it didn't actually breeze. So, I mean, you don't, uh, you don't sweat up on the inside. Okay. So, um, and did it, did it, it perform? I mean, there's certain rain gear out there. It says it's rain gear, but after continuous use, it, it's not so much rain, you know, resistant it's as it says. Water, rip, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this stuff performed the whole time I was out. I didn't, I didn't have, uh, I didn't get wet at all, which was awesome. Does it, especially uh, when you're out in freezing temps? So yeah, for sure. Does it wick? Like, does it? Does the water beat up on Water's, it? It just beads off of it. Oh, beads off, and then it rolls off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, um, it, you know, now I'll say this: it's not, it's, it's not quiet. Okay. Like it's not. Again, you're not. It's it's a rain jacket as far as like it's not like it's um it's not fleece. So if you're when you're white, like I had a um. Uh, a doe walked by when I was wearing it, and I moved a little bit, and I think she stopped because I think she heard the material. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, that's what do you expect? It's it's not it's not a fleece outer layer, right, or a wool outer layer. It's a rain jacket, so right. Yep. So it's it's definitely there to, um, you know, do a job of keeping you dry, and you know, based yep. based off of what the guy is saying about, hey, we're never going to make a whitetail line. Uh, you're. It's not like they're going to be. You know, they may be spotting and stalking in rain gear but i have a feeling they're just you know the the guys who are using the kuyu and what it's designed for is to maybe glass while they're hunting or yeah while they're glassing or to wear while you know it does rain and then the mount in the mountains the rain goes away they take it off and then they get back to doing what they're doing yeah it's amazing too how um how packable it is because on the one hunt i just rolled it up literally rolled it up and threw it in my in my backpack and i was uh my backpack's not very big i was using a cabela's sling sling pack and it takes up no room in your backpack and then so then if you if you're if you're not sure if it's going to pour it might just a chance of rain i'll just bring the jacket um if i know it's going to rain then i'll throw the pants on and i'll wear the pants in but i'll keep the jacket in my backpack till i actually need it right okay gotcha so it sounds to me like there are products, you know, like a brand like Kuyu, and it sucks that everybody is like, "Hey, I have to be, I have to be on a side. I have to be Team Kuyu, or I have to be Team First Light, or I have to be Team Sitka." When yeah. in fact, there's probably a um, a perfect use for all these different products for absolutely everybody. Um, like you said, yeah. you know, the shell didn't work for you, but the Merino does. Yeah, I had one, uh, let's see, one hunt I was on, I was wearing a no-name Merino base layer pant. I was wearing Sika Light Fanatic bibs. Um, I had on a uh, uh, Merino wool hoodie, my Kuyu jacket, a First Light face mask. <laughs> I mean, you just, you put all the pieces together, whatever works for that hunt, right? Right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to. You don't have to match. It's not a fashion <laughs> show. Nobody. Nobody gives a crap what you look like in the tree. Like no one's going to put you, you on a box, right? No, exactly. No one's paying me to be out there. I'll just you know wear what works. That's a fact, so, man. That's a yeah. fact. And, and again, when I looked at the price of the the Chugach, and I read a lot of the reviews, and I looked at it, and I looked at the price of the Sitka, I went, "Holy 
crap, no, and I, that's what I bought the Kuyu. It was like $100 cheaper for the jacket and right. about the same for the pants. So, I, I typically don't, on these podcasts, give an opinion of certain things, but um, the Kuyu Merino Wool shirt worked awesome for me, and maybe that's just because it was my first introduction to wool, you know, so obviously it's going to be better than what I was wearing, you know? Um, but I also bought first light socks this year and uh, wool socks, Merino wool, Merino socks. wool. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I feel that my, my feet this year were drier and I could last longer in the timber before my feet started getting cold. So some, I guess that's more of a plug for wool than it is for any other brand, but um, yeah. yeah, kind of getting back to it. I'm a, I'm, I'm now wool for life. Yeah, I mean, even like the socks I'm wearing now, are merino wool. Right. I mean, you can't when you're when you're working all day and it keeps your feet dry and yeah. Yep, that's right. Yep. All right, so let's see. We got time for maybe one more, maybe two more uh, products. But uh, as far as the the rain gear and the wool from uh, Kuyu. Uh, is that, would you recommend those? Oh yeah. They're awesome. Okay. Totally worth the investment. All right. So we did a good, you know, the XOP sticks were good. You said the Hawk tree stands and sticks. You you wouldn't recommend those. You would recommend the Kuyu. Um, and let's see here. I want to talk about the scent crusher ozone on the go. Um, this is something that you did not have a good experience with. Um, and, you know, right now the big the big thing is ozone, right? Everybody's, yep. everybody's trying to jump on, these ozone, on this ozone train. And uh, there's a whole bunch of different companies that are coming out with new products, not just your Ozonics and scent crushers of the yeah, world. I actually, I actually just sold my Ozonics. I bought an HR300 last year. I actually just sold it. <laughs> Why did you sell it? <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to, I went through, I literally, the season ended yeah. and I looked at everything and went, what don't I need? Gotcha. And, and that was one of the items. I mean, do I, does it work? Absolutely. Do I believe in it? Absolutely. Do I think I need it? Nope. Nope. I just, that was my, it was just something else I had to carry, something else to, to worry about, to, to put up. And I just said, you know, and, and, and this year we had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of days with, there was, it was misty and rainy yeah. and that doesn't go like electronics and rain don't typically go well together. So there was sometimes I didn't even get to use it. And I said, why do I, why am I, why do I have this? So, wow, that's crazy, man. I, I I almost feel, and and maybe that's because I believe in it so much, but I've been a huge fan of Ozonics from day one. Like that is almost the first thing in my pack. Yeah. No, it's funny because I mean, the last, last year, 2015, first year I used, was on excited hr 200 yeah my best season ever right um i i killed two nice bucks i saw more deer um i've even i've told buddies and they've tried it they're like oh they're amazing you this deer i'm like oh yeah they're awesome and then they're like why'd you sell yours i'm like yeah, i'm just i'm just changing the way i do things i guess right fair enough so fair enough I, and um sand crusher to be honest i've i've used their 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 bag and when I keep all my clothes in the bag and I get to where I'm going and all you smell is ozone, I'm going, you know what? I think that's enough. Just, that's just my opinion. But you, you mean from, and that's the, the ozone on the go. Is that the thing that you plug into the car? No, that's their, their, their scent crusher bag. Oh, and that's um, called I have, the ozone I have the, on the go. 
but it's not just the, it's just a stent crusher bag. Okay. I have the ozone on the go, ozone on the go as well, which we'll we'll talk about. But right. the uh, yeah, the, I have the stent crusher bag that all my uh, well, all my camo goes into except for certain things. Now I've I've learned the hard way. Um, sick of fanatic light bibs, the elastic suspenders. Yeah, ozone and that don't get along, and it eats it pretty quick. Right. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard guys. <laughs> I've heard guys say that. Uh, mesh, my mesh back kuyu hat, my one mesh back kuyu hat, the mesh is all melted from from being in the ozone bag. Really? That yeah. that hard? Man, I've never yeah. <laughs> I've never used um, I've never used a scent crusher bag, um, but I I have used that uh, that ozonics closet. Yeah. Um, and I I don't think you're getting as concentrated of a um, in the bag as you are, or in the closet as you would be in the the scent crusher bag, and I've and I don't, I've haven't seen a difference in any of the elastic stuff that I put my oh, stu- my stuff yeah. into yet. But I keep hearing people talk about it, right? So yeah, I think I think what happens is in the in the scent crusher bag, the hose that the ozone comes through and gets distributed into the bag. If that hose is right near like the plastic right. i think because it's just a constantly pounding it it probably that's why it affects it more right um i i had an ozone generator in my one closet and learned very quickly not to use uh plastic coat hangers in there really <laughs> yeah huh. like it, it became very very brittle wow so something to think about i guess um yeah. but yeah. the ozone it, i'm kind of intrigued now about you said you know your clothes comes out smelling like ozone and you said, okay, that's enough. What do you mean yeah. by that? Well, I, the whole goal is to, I mean, you can't be hundred percent scent free because right. your body just creates the scent, right? Right. But you're, you're, if your clothes, which are what you're wearing, your outer layer and stuff, if you're walking through the field and your clothes are as scent free as can be, I mean, you're, you're always going to hunt the wind, right? right? You're never going to push it. Right. So if I'm already hunting the wind and I've already done the best I can to make sure my clothes are scent free walking in, that I'm not really leaving a scent trail behind me, um, I, I figure that's enough. I don't need I don't need to worry about you know put myself in a position where if something is downwind I can always shoot it. But right, okay. You know, I just you know again it was it was one more thing I was taking into the woods with me. I'm going you know what I'm doing this that's that's enough. I don't need to do any more. Gotcha. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about um, the scent crusher ozone on the go. That is the unit that plugs into your cigarette lighter, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so talk to me about uh, what that is used for and then why you decided not to like it. Well, the the ozone on the go is designed to be plugged in into your vehicle as you're driving to your your hunting location is supposed to produce ozone to kill all the smells in your car. Um, it's not supposed to be enough to cause you harm, obviously. Right. Um, and basically it's supposed to make your vehicle a scent-free environment for you to get to your hunting spot. Right. Um, so my experience with it was I, I bought it, plugged it in, and you have the little blue light from from the supposed to be the ozone generator, I just I never smelt because ozone has that smell. Right. I never smelt it in my vehicle. Okay. And I unplug it, and I, I contacted um, Scent Crush, and they said, "Well, some units uh, they shut off after so long; it only runs for so long." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I, I don't, I still don't smell ozone in my vehicle. If I don't smell ozone, is it actually working?" Yeah. Um, what was their response to that? <laughs> 
Uh, they they still said no. It's designed to it's designed to run and shut off, and doesn't mean you're always going to smell it. Huh. So that was the exact. Because I kind of said, well, maybe it's not working. Maybe it's a faulty unit. They said, if you see the the color blue, it means it's working. And I said, well, I, think, I almost wondered if it was just a little LED light they put in the unit to make it look like it was. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big scam, right? Yeah, off the bat. yeah, pretty yeah. well, yeah. But uh, no, I I I I used it, and I just didn't. I it, I didn't smell the ozone in my vehicle, so I stopped using it. I. Um, I went back to using, um, I mentioned the Scent Purge uh, 60, which produces ozone. And now it's unregulated. It just goes until you shut it off. But when it runs, I could smell it. Right. And is that that's not something for the vehicle, is it, the Scent Purge 60? It's it's portable. So it's got a ve- it could use in your vehicle because it's got a cigarette lighter adapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it but just it runs. It just runs, runs until you in. turn it off. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. And it, that, does that work for you? I mean, you, do you smell the ozone every time with that thing? Yeah, yeah, you do every time you plug it in and run it. Okay. Yeah. And is that and the Scent Purge sixty isn't? Uh, it's not a branded, a hunting branded product, right? No, it is. It's it made is. by Whitetail. Uh, white Tailor. Oh, White Tailor. White ta- yep, yep. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yep. Yeah, they've got a couple different. Uh, they've got a couple different models. They've got a really. They've got a big one that's designed to do an entire room, like your hunting closet. So. All right. Yeah, the sixty is a smaller unit, and that's the one I use. I've, I have two of them. One I bought after the ozone on the go. Well, I already had it, and I put it back in my truck. And then the other one I have in a, uh, of a wooden closet. I have on my camera one, and I have it just mounted to the side. And then, um, like, the day before I'm going to go hunting, I turn it on. And then when I grab my clothes, I throw it in my scent crusher bag and take it to my hunting spot, and I change in the field. Okay. So, All right. So I'm a, firm it's not, believer, a firm believer in ozone, but... <laughs> right. So it's not necessarily that you're giving up on ozone or that that scent crusher um, on the go unit wasn't working. You just felt that if there's no smell... It may not. It's probably not working, even though the manufacturer says, "Hey, it's working." Yeah. No. Exactly. Actually, I was just reading a review online. Someone says referred to it as a paperweight in a blue light because <laughs> they had the same experience <laughs> as me. They said used it twice, then now all I see is a, a blue light. <laughs> gotcha. Well, so uh, there's that then. Um, well, I think that's where we're going to end it today, Scott. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming on the the podcast today, and uh, good luck this upcoming season, man. Yeah, we'll you too. Thanks, Dan. And there you have it, Monday's podcast in the books. Thank you very much, Scott, for coming on the podcast and uh, talking with us for that hour about some of the products that you have used. Huge, big, fat thank you to Exodus Outdoor Gear, Ripcord Aero Rests, and Deer Lab. Be sure to check out all those fine partners on their websites and their products. Other than that, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, whether that's to review products, which um, I'm going to be looking a lot for a lot more of, um, or do a hunter profile about a, a buck that you've killed or an animal that you've killed in the past. Doesn't have to be a whitetail, could be a mule deer, elk, sheep, lion. I don't care anything. Um, 
we can do a hunter profile podcast about that. And if you're a manufacturer listening to this podcast, I'd love to get you and your company on the podcast and talk about uh, some of the hunting gear that you offer to uh, the listeners of this podcast. Uh, so uh, you can reach out to me at ninefingerchronicles at gmail.com and uh, tell me you want to be on the podcast. Other than that, hopefully everybody has a great rest of the week and uh you know keep tuning into these podcasts they happen a couple times every week i try to put them out as much as i possibly can i love doing it i love chatting with all the guys and gals out there and uh if you are in the timber climbing a tree be sure to wear your damn safety harness have a good week